Welcome to the November 2020 edition of Book Plate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com. Join a book club chapter in your area or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the book club link at the top. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by Graphics Goddess, which is always featured at the top of the page. I'm Annie, sound engineer host, and in this book, I am a small masquerade. I'm Britt, and... Mm. I think I'll be the eccentric grandma in this book. <laughs> and um, I'm Amanda, and in this book, I am the art wasp. I love the art wasp. The art wasp is pretty great. <laughs> awesome. Our amuse-bouche, which is always the bite of what we're going to get into, is Sunny is American, Nigerian, and albino. Suffice it to say, it's complicated. Add to that a spiritual heritage that makes her a leopard person a person who can wield juju, and a new mandate to learn how. Sunny has a lot going on. By Nutty Okorafor. I didn't want to get like too much into it because it's like, it's basically a world building book. They have to build the whole world. So it's, right. you know, you got to do mm-hmm. a brief, brief uh, summary before you can actually like build a world. Our other cover take, which is where we ask our significant others what they think the book is about without, uh, with just looking at the cover is, Jamile, my significant other, said some really spooky witchy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why spooky was in there, but I mean, it does look, the, spy, the cover I showed him was the one with the spider, the more like, oh. the more realistic looking one, but like more fant- more fantasy versus there's one that's more of like a Cartoon. animation. Yeah. Yeah. T- yeah. That's one I saw. The big, big face. Yes. Like, big face. Story on FYA. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Garrett said... Uh, it's about a girl who finds out she's a witch. Maybe she's like the last of her lineage or her kind. And some group finds out and wants to kill her to end her lineage. And she has to fight against them. And I was like, not really. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> she has lineage. So she does have that lineage. Right. And I should fill the cover that is the cartoon of the girl. And like, she's holding a knife and there are colors like radiating out. And he said, it looked like someone using magic to destroy something they had created so they could create something new. I guess he was feeling deep. (laughs) I I like that. Our appetizers are mangoes. She eats a bunch of mangoes in the book. And then Nigerian African based magic. And then I have in here fast facts for free agents. Which I love that she just throws a mango in her purse Um, as like a snack. So (laughs) like when she was packing her purse, it's like some lip gloss, like my uh, I forgot what the coins are called. You know, it's so like some tissues, a mango. All right, I'm good. <laughs> mango is a not to go food. Maybe it is. <laughs> it seems, I always get myself so messy. But well, she has the knife on her. So I assume, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I figure like there's utensils, you know, there's a, I don't know. I was also curious. I was like, how is she going to eat that? But I think there are some That's mangoes cool. that you can just like eat. There's so many different varieties. So yeah, this book is, it's an African, specifically West African, Nigerian-based aesthetic and magical concept. And so for folks that are used to reading the more European-based magical concepts, it is very different, but intentionally so. And you can see throughout the book that Nnedi Okorafor has said that multiple times and like been very intentional about it. But it's cool. And then even our main character, Sunny, She's not 
she's like just discovering that she's a leopard person and she's a free agent, which means she doesn't have somebody in her family who directly taught her how to be a leopard person. And so she gets this little like book that's called Fast Facts for Free Agents. And throughout the story, we kind of get the little fast facts for free agents. But then on top of that, there's also like a, a comment that the book was written by someone yeah, who was prejudiced against free agents. Like, what a way to get out your world building in a concise There's way that doesn't feel like an info dump, but also mm -hmm. building, like, a tone. It was such a good idea. Yeah. I Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, I would totally enjoy reading that book if it was, like, a separate <laughs> book. But, yeah, like, the fact that it's the only book that even addresses free agents, and yet it still is just, like, ugh, fine, I guess, free agents, you exist, so, like... Here's what you need to know, even though you're too stupid to like <laughs> to do it and like don't try because you'll die or explode. <laughs> but like I love that her it wasn't her mentor, but like the the guy who's like all of their teacher, I forgot mm -hmm. his name. Yeah. He like was like read it, but read it with a discerning eye, you know. And like that's so important because like there's been a surge on book Twitter debate lately about um like replacing classics Ooh, side dish yes i mean we can get into the side dish if you want because i took screenshots and i have the tea yeah we can no, bring that like now i was thinking that we can bring that yeah oh yeah i took screenshots because i'm like this is gonna be deleted this author <laughs> i don't know are we allowed to name them or no <laughs> why not if they said it publicly oh i don't care. i mean nobody follows that Nobody follows us. And if they posted it, right. they, yeah, they so outed themselves. Why author named yeah. Jess Clues or Clues? It's like Clues with two S's. I don't know how to say it. No relation if it's spelled like mine. <laughs> <laughs> she was responding to a tweet from a teacher. And the original tweet was, did y'all know that many of the classics were written before the 50s? Think of U.S. society before then and the values that shaped this nation afterwards. That is what is in those books. That's why we got to switch it up. It ain't just about being old. Hashtag disrupt texts. So nowhere does she say, like, we should cancel all of the classics. Nowhere does she say, like, this particular book is bad and no one should read it. She's just like, update some things. Which is completely relevant. We need to update. I mean, yeah. yeah. And this why author just, like, went on this tirade. And she quote tweeted it and wrote, if you think Hawthorne was on the side of the judgmental yeah. Puritans in the Scarlet Letter, then you are an absolute idiot and should not have the title of educator in your Twitter bio. What? This anti-intellectual, anti-curiosity bullshit is poison, and I will stand here and scream that it is sheer goddamn evil until my hair falls out. I do not care. If you think Upton Sinclair was on the side of the meatpacking industry, then you are a fool and should sit down and feel bad about yourself. Ah, yes, that embodiment of brutal subjugation and toxic masculinity Walden sit and spin on attack. Remember how Louisa May Alcott wrote Little Women to uphold the patriarchy? If you do, stop taking drugs, you hack. John Steinbeck writing with sneering disgust about agricultural laborers and the grapes of wrath and of mice and men is what I would say if I were a so-called educator who was in fact a charlatan. Wow. It goes on. Wow. Horrible oh, wow. from The Wizard of Oz and its total darth of interesting female characters. Then be honest, you haven't read it, you tool of idiocracy. Ah, uh, yes. Remember their eyes were watching God and other literature of the extraordinary Harlem Renaissance? I guess not, dick. 
I guess the awakening, Kate Chopin's early feminist work about the conflict a woman feels as she tries to step outside of society's stifling expectations was just something I made up one day while watching The Good Place. A tree grows in Brooklyn. I'm sorry, officer. Turns out I don't know how to read. Here's my license. Oh my God. What is wrong with this person? A lot of people like read her in the comments, like rightfully so. And were like, you know, kids just need to see themselves in books. And like they deserve to read things that aren't steeped in white supremacy and ableism and homophobia. And like, why should I force my student to like struggle with the syntax of you know, ye old Shakespearean English. Right. I mean, like, happy. if I wasn't already a reader, the books I read in high school would have not made me a reader. Same. And like the yeah. one she's talking Perfect. about, the exceptions. Oh, the Harlem Renaissance. Oh, Kate Chopin. I didn't get to read that in high school. I'm assuming a lot of kids don't. I I read the Great Wrath and like New Hemingway and like these are the ones, the Faulkner. These are the greats. Like, but they never introduced the fringe, if that can even be considered fringe. <laughs> It's entirely yeah. a movement. Yeah. And so people are like, you know, nobody is saying don't read them. Just read them like with context. And don't and have them be everything you read. Don't have them be everything. Yeah. Add some more. Like, right. And also like you're a YA author and like, don't you want teachers to have students read your books? Because this is not the way to do that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Plus the the lessons, the lessons in those books can be learned in different ways. Like A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, I'm sorry, I really didn't like that book. It just kind of sucked in my mind. Granted, I haven't read it since then, but as a kid, it just, it wasn't interesting. None of those people could I relate to. None of their choices were my choices. I just didn't understand any of it, but I had to read it. Or like Upton Sinclair, I read The Jungle. And I actually read the whole thing because I love <laughs> to torture myself. But, you know, by the time we got to the end of that book, most of the kids had fallen off. None of them read the socialist rant at the end, right? You know, we would compare, because I was in AP English, we would compare like, oh, how far did you get? And they're like, oh, I didn't read that part. Same with Brave New World. Half the kids didn't get to the end, so they didn't know the dude died. You know, like, there's, like, you're missing the point of the story if you can't even get through the book. You have, it's not just about, like, slogging through these things that were important for their time it's about like what do you learn and take away from it and if you learn that you don't like reading this type of reading yeah, that's right. not the point of the lesson and like <laughs> yeah and a lot of people were calling her out and like there were comments saying like you know even if there were authors whose ideas were radical in their time like times have changed Uncle Tom's Cabin was a radical abolitionist text way back yeah. when but if you read it now it's just riddled with racism and colorism the bar has moved, we must move with it. And someone else said, it's possible for a book to take a stand, like your point about Upton Sinclair and the meatpacking industry, while also upholding white supremacy. Yeah. So like, yeah, classics can still yeah. be appreciated, but they aren't above critique. They should also be expanded on and even replaced because kids deserve to read books that aren't seeped in racism, homophobia, ableism, etc. Oh, but my favorite, hold on, let me find my favorite comment. Um, when she mentioned... She said, if we were to like replace all these books or whatever, there would be too many great American authors who would be lost in this line of thinking, such as Louisa May Alcott, James Baldwin, Henry David Thoreau. And someone said, don't you dare wrap your crusty Twitter fingers around the holiness of James Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Actually, man. I remember one of my yeah. college classes, it was a poetry class that I had to take as part of survey because I'm not really a huge poetry person. But we read entirely 
stuff produced by white men before 1950. And yeah. we had to do a project of memorization where we got up and recited like a whole lengthy poem. And I said, I wanted to do Sylvia Plath. And my teacher said that I couldn't because we hadn't studied her as part of the course. And I said, well, I think it's a problem that we haven't studied her as part of the course. What? We haven't studied even Langston Hughes as part of the course. And he immediately backed out and let me do it. Like afraid that I would raise like a fuss or whatever. But maybe if I had seen this lady's screed when I was a kid, I would have thought, well, maybe I shouldn't raise a fuss because they'll think I'm illiterate or something. Yeah. But I think Part of the teaching of the literature is not just reading the book, right. which is the point people are trying to make. It is the context of the book and who's writing it. Like, I remember I had, I did take poetry in college and I have this like giant poetry anthology and we had to read poems out of it and like, you know, then mimic the, the style and everything. But we never learned about the authors. And years later, I realized that I've been reading all of these authors that have now come up like Audre Lorde and, um, oh God, there's another woman who's just like, who are important queer women of color authors. And that was just like, not even part of the conversation we were having with the book, which is yeah. not the point. Like, how can you mimic, like mimicking an author without understanding who they are isn't, isn't a full lesson. It's not even a full understanding of it's why like they- like how work. to appropriate one. <laughs> Pretty much. I've been thinking about, I was like, should I read Uncle Tom's Cabin? You, I, I've learned more about that book than I have ever read that book. And then I went and looked at right. who wrote it and it's a white lady, you know? So like, mm -hmm. then that's not the point, right? I did read Frederick Douglass because like that's, I mean, that's his, it's not someone else telling, it's not someone telling someone else's yeah. story. It's like the experience, which is what the historical context is and what you want to learn from that. Like what was the true experience, not like some imagined white lady savior yeah. <laughs> story. Yeah, oh. so like the teacher, you know, saying this is the only book about free agents, but like here's the perspective of the author who wrote it. So like, you know, read it critically. Like that's literally all we're saying. Like <laughs> read critically. <laughs> think for yourself. I actually have that, I think in here in the, yeah, in the main course, which we can go on to, which Tainted Pepper Stew is the recipe there's that recipe for taste it is so amazing that's how i feel like every time i go into cook i'm like okay i'm gonna fuck this up but at least no one's gonna die right but what if people die put in chicken and it will explode if you use the wrong kind of peppers it will explode if you like blink twice it will explode oh i loved it there's this whole part in the book that's kind of like an alternative learning system, right? Like she is a high schooler. She's going to school. So she has a regular day school, which we don't get a lot of. It kind of plays into the book, but it's not like where we spend most of our time. But there's a lot of stuff with her leopard people, teachers and mentors, where it's like you learn by do. And they literally give them these like problem solving challenges mm -hmm. to figure out for themselves. And she gets frustrated. She's like, how am I supposed to you do this? Die, and they're like, that's what it yeah. is. You have to figure it out. Life is bigger than just you. God, don't be so selfish and worried about dying. You had 12 whole years of life. Like, And I love the, that like, not enough the for you? immediate reward like, of like, what is it? The Chittum? Is that what it's called? Yes. Or something like that? Raining down from heaven. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's automatic A's. It's the perfect system for somebody like me. Right? I love And that. it's money for learning. Like, don't we all <laughs> wish we could get that? <laughs> I mean, I definitely feel good when I learn something, but it would be interesting to see like what the value is based on some sort of like 
and they don't know no one knows they're like this is just how it works no one knows <laughs> yeah I love that like you just you earn currency by learning because I mean like I don't know that's such an important lesson like when I was growing up or whatever like you know in school like you were rewarded for like good grades or whatever and good grades don't like necessarily equal learning so like mm-hmm. I always try to reward kids on effort or like if they make a mistake I'm like that's awesome like you just took a big risk and you learned something like <laughs> we all learned something you know whatever so like I just I love that that currency system just money just drops out of the sky when you learn stuff <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we really have done ourselves a detriment, especially with the whole like mm-hmm. teaching to the test thing. That's not like an experience. That's not a learning experience. It's like, did you complete yeah. the checklist? Copying down the answer, filling the thing out correct, filling the form out correctly. is just like not learning how to fend yeah, for yourself yeah. or help others. But it definitely was a lot of yeah. trial by fire. It was like, yeah, yeah you might die. <laughs> okay, good luck. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, that this magic system was so charming though. Like there was a lot of terrifying elements to it, but it also had fun and interesting stuff in community. It wasn't just grim. I feel like sometimes fantasy magic stuff, it's it's just, just grim. It's not like uplifting. And there were yeah. so many cute little moments combined with the horror of, oh, we also have death matches. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. Right. I was struggling, especially with like the corporal punishment piece which if you've read the second book they they go into pretty deeply but I feel like that's part again of the like cultural aspect of this book I bet there are a lot of kids reading this that it feels more akin to their experience and when we look at what's going on with like pandemic stuff right now like this is more it's more real than like a fantasy where there isn't like a threat of some sort of pain or disease or, you know, even death. So I don't know. I was struggling with it because I really liked my things all like safe, but that's not the, again, that's not the point of the book. The point of the book is like you, as you read it, you learn and it like teaches you things. And part of it is being like comfortable with risks and knowing that life is not just wrapped up in a nice little bow and safely handed to you. Yeah, I really like that their magic is connected to their disabilities. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting because like a lot of people, like people think the word disabled is like an ugly word or a bad word or an insult. And it's like, no, it's like a word. It's a descriptor. And people are like, don't let your disability define you. And so there's a hashtag going around on disability Twitter that says like my disability does define me. And so, you know, cause it's like, you can't, separate me from my disability you can't like ignore the parts of me that like make you uncomfortable mm-hmm. and so I really like that their their powers were tied to their disabilities like she's albino and so she can like turn invisible like a ghost and like mm-hmm. her mentor sugar cream who had scoliosis can like turn into a snake because like, <laughs> her spine and and the kid who was dyslexic and like you know reads backwards can like undo things I'm like mm-hmm. that's really interesting and I kind of love it as a kid with acne I want to know how people with acne control the weather though <laughs> like, <laughs> what the connection is there I would have, that would have been a price I would be willing to pay the acne that I had as a teenager if I was able to control the weather <laughs> like clear or cloudy and like clear it up too funny I don't know I love I did I really liked that and and actually 
to the disability point, like, again, I just, sorry, I'm like on my political tip right now, but you know, we've, with the whole, um, trying to create a healthcare system that works in the US and this whole like pre-existing condition. It's like no one else calls things pre-existing conditions. It's like your health. You know, only the US has created this thing where like there's something that's wrong that keeps you from being able to get insurance rather than just like giving you insurance and healthcare. And because COVID has a lot of Mm -hmm. long-term disability effects, we're now dealing with a much larger percentage of of people who like have long-term disabilities and if we don't have that built into our system like i don't know i don't know what we're gonna do you know we need like people that actually in power and policy to actually understand and like kind of reimagine well, they how don't we, treat how insurance we treat in this country as a social safety net they treat it as a lottery where the insurance mm. company is betting that they can take your money for most of your life and you won't get sick and they won't have to pay back out that money it, instead of just seeing it as like oh well, you're healthy you're paying more that means this person who's sick like and actually use their benefits as we needed. They should all be nonprofit. You should not allow to have insurance companies there for profit. Yeah. Right. And like looking at who's gonna get this vaccine, you know, everyone's like, uh, it'll be, you know, long-term care workers and then Wall Street. Because, you know, they need to be able to bid uh, stocks and trade stocks in person. And I was just like, <laughs> I mean, I should have seen that coming, but that one really caught me by surprise. And then I was like, well, I knew the rich people were going to get it, but I didn't know they would okay, actually use that, that rationale. Yeah. Healthcare workers, uh, families of people who are, you know, not able to take the vaccine themselves. Yeah. Grocery store workers, drugstore workers, all of us Teachers. like, yeah. <laughs> right. It should be essential workers, oh, like yes. the low wage folks who we have come to rely on. <laughs> to keep us from going and crazy in this country. we want kids back in school safely. Yeah. Right. Ugh, what a mess. I don't know. I try not to think about it and then I start talking and then my brain is like, but remember <laughs> this is happening. And I'm like, oh. The other things I wanted to specifically mention were the, yeah. the juju knives, the spirit face, and then the gender roles. It gets a little bit into all of those things. And I don't want to make this, I don't want to only compare this to Harry Potter because I think that's a disservice to people who are creating their own fantasy worlds and especially ones that are like intentionally not European. But it was very clear to me that a lot of things are one-to-one and lined up. Like the juju knives yeah, are one. This is you. You know. <laughs> Although I love that it's yes. you by like you stick your hand into a box of knives <laughs> and the one that cuts you is yours. <laughs> I'm like, what did you think was going to happen? Like she was like, ow. Like, I'm like. <laughs> She just needs to learn the lesson that it's not safe. It's not safe. <laughs> Don't just stick your hand in a box of knives. Oh my, oh my gosh. There's like the spirit face, which is kind of like a Patronus a little bit. You know, it's like your, you know, protector. And then like they're in a school system, even though it's not a school. They have the, you know, the gathering of the, um, leopard people just like they have a gathering in Harry Potter so I think like some of it was clearly written as a response but I still think it was like pretty I awesome in its the own right. I love the idea um, that you have to actually cut and create damage in order to do the spell it's like even though you're not like damaging anything you can see but I, I thought of it as like some veil that you're like slashing through that makes the magic happen and it would just blew my mind it was so cool <laughs> make a little pocket and you catch it <laughs> but let's talk about the, oh the like wrestling match and the soccer match and like 
the, the festival that they go yeah. to. That was super I was intense. not expecting that because, you know, these protagonists are 12, which is much yeah, younger 12, than 14. the usual, like, protagonists of a series. So I was already feeling protective of them. And then I'm like, oh, wow, you're taking them to literal death matches. <laughs> it seemed intense. Well, and, and she has kind of like an anxiety attack, you know, and and goes and then like finds somebody who's safe and then watches them perish. Like that was really a lot. Yeah. I was not expecting that. <laughs> and then turn, turning I'm still into kind of mad. angel on the field. <laughs> yeah, it was that's a lot. First right. your first dead person to be this guy who rescued you that you'd see, you know, violently. Yeah. And it was really interesting because like after the match was over and he like ascended or whatever it described like the two wives like running out into the field and one was quiet and one was sobbing and I just assumed the sobbing wife would be the one of the person who was killed but it was the other way around like the wrestler who was still alive but just maimed a little bit like his wife was like crying hysterically or whatever and then the other woman was just staring up into the sky and I was like that's that's interesting I don't know mm-hmm. but I guess it speaks back to this whole like death is not the end and you know it's just bigger stage. than just you and things go on. Yeah. I did also like add to that, like um, how age was important in their their spellcraft or whatever that you had mm-hmm. to ascend and be older. And that somebody still in like their late 40s is like not yet ready for like some level. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it allowed for, you know, gathering of knowledge outside again this life experience it's not just like school it's like no you have to learn and do these things and have these experiences in order to go to the next level you know and sometimes you have experiences younger but like usually it takes longer to kind of accumulate that experience the soccer match was really fun that was maybe one of my favorite I think that's maybe one of my favorite sports scenes I've ever witnessed and especially because they lose yeah, but it's everyone still cheers for them <laughs> that's like my entire <laughs> kickball career it's like always losing but always being the like fun team you know people enjoy playing against us because we are having we're there to have a good time and like the the fun is like watching us actually do well when you expect us to <laughs> well, do they had ringers too, right? they were all like basically grown up <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I the marking her as an exceptional girl and her questioning that. I like that where she's like, "Well, why would any other girl have to play as good as me when these guys are worse than me and you let them play?" Like, mm-hmm. kind of cool. I love that. There was a lot of gendered things that I was like, I was hoping we'd have maybe some other options, but I think it's just a gendered experience, and so I was like sitting in the fact that okay, well, this is. What we're doing now is just like beginning of exploring like how do you push back on patriarchy and and not necessarily like how do we completely destroy I mean, the like, binary it always hurts my <laughs> you have to start when there's like a new magical world and they have some of the same oppressive problems that we have and i know it's necessary because you want to examine these things but also i'm like why do you have to put that in there i don't know like when i read like or play a sci-fi game or read a story and there's still sexism like hundreds of years in the future it just makes me depressed (laughs) i really there was the trans spider though (laughs) yes they're like the gods were allowed yeah yeah the udide i guess in the fast facts for free agents important non-human leopard people to know udide is the ultimate artist the great hairy spider 
brimming with venom stories and ideas. Sometimes she is a he and sometimes he is a she. It depends on Udide's mood. <laughs> and then, like, you know, as they're uh, describing, like, the spider's lair and all this stuff, like, they switch between mm-hmm. pronouns, which I was like, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. I still wanted a they, though. But it's fine. I'll just, like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work for everybody. And I think, you know, she did specifically set this in Nigeria. And I've watched enough Nollywood movies to know that this is like, it feels very real. Like what she described and what I've, the gender roles that are still in the media that people are consuming is very real. So I was like, this makes sense Um, to me. I had a super awkward conversation with a parent at the beginning of the year. Cause I would ask the students, like when I was we had these like sort of meet and greets since like we're virtual and not in person where we like just uh, zoomed with like the parents and or the kids and just like getting to know you and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And so I would always ask the kids pronouns or like I would ask their parents if it was just the parents like, Oh, do you know what pronoun your child, you know, uses or whatever. And I have a parent who is from a West African country who did not take that well when I, when I asked, Wow. She's like, yeah, we don't do that in my culture. I'm like, okay, that's great. But in my classroom, <laughs> like we respect everyone's identity and like I address students the way they want to be addressed. She's like, I understand. But just so you know, we don't do that here. I'm like, okay, I understand. Mm. But just so you know. <laughs> it was just like this really awkward like exchange. circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, good talk. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, it's real. Yeah, the Nollywood movies are fun, but there was, I was like binging them for a minute. And then there was always a point where there was some sort of like um, domestic violence situation. And then I was like, and stop. Yeah, it happened a lot. I was like, what? And then I was like, this must be a thing. (laughs) And then it was a pattern. Nigeria is hers because I've read a bunch of her books. So (laughs) I sort of have an idea, but it's like entirely her idea. (laughs) I did like that the tension was sort of like, you know, popped up between like black Africans and black Americans because that's super real too mm-hmm. and like there are yeah. like Twitter wars <laughs> between like people of the diaspora oh yeah it's, like yeah I mean even I mean Akata is like a slur mm-hmm. against black Americans so so I don't know there were just like certain things in the book where like people would be like oh like you're American to like her and to the other guy or like the dudes who pulled up listening to rap and like sagging their pants and she's like laughing at them she's like they're trying way too hard yeah <laughs> i'm like yep i love that the kid from chicago got sent to nigeria because he switched to police officers <laughs> <Yes>. brains <laughs> I was like, and he was like i do not feel bad about it and i was like yes isn't that like the last book we read? Uh, uh, one, but where the girl's mom kept threatening to send her back to Puerto Rico. <laughs> he actually got sent oh, yeah. to straighten him out back yeah. to the home country. <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah. He was like, stay out of trouble. Do you want to move on to dessert? Okay, I have bag biscuits. I don't know what that is now. There must have been bag biscuits. That's snacks um, that she keeps on her. But yeah <laughs> they snack a lot in the book <laughs> bag biscuits <laughs> mangoes. I know. <laughs> one time on the bus with the mango she put in the little roll of biscuits yeah. which are like cookies British. right because it's yeah. they're like little one time on cookies. the bus i saw That's a woman right. just eating an avocado uh, with a spoon like it was like an avocado cut in half. And she was just i'm like 
that's like butter <laughs> just not on a stick of butter <laughs> i don't know i'm here for like sometimes you need a little protein <laughs> infusement you know <laughs> i have okay and then i have the library and the books so you know one of my absolute favorite tropes of all time is books yes. that include books <laughs> books that include libraries and this one does not disappoint the library is amazing and the books are so fascinating the bookseller that they go to and like what how they different books react and what they say and she finds the the spirit mm -hmm. language book and her read friend's it. house is stacked with books right what's the little girl's name that yeah she lives next door to that's like Chi -chi? looks like yeah. a tent from the outside the inside yeah. is like just like completely lined with books or whatever yeah and she's like oh we can use this book as a chair i'm done like, reading it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great I like that when the teacher assigned them to go to the bookstore, he's like, everybody's going to get this book and then another book of your choice or whatever. And so then when um when two of them or one of them got the book that was like the oh, I forgot what it's called, but like the the spider demon, the trans spiders, mm -hmm. like, yeah, book of shadows or whatever that like, book was, of shadows, yeah. you know, rumored to like not exist or only have three copies in the world or whatever and, and might then, be like, messing with you anyway. Like, didn't they yeah, like, sort yeah. of like say like, hey, yeah. you know, you might try these spells and die because it's a trickster spider or like. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, they did. Yeah. They did that spell out of it to show. She did that spell out of it to like show off or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then like, even though they got in trouble, like he didn't take the book away from them. Like he oh. let them keep it, which I thought right. was like interesting and goes back to like, you know, I don't know, reading with a critical eye or just like mm -hmm. being careful what you what you take in and what you absorb so that's cool i want that <laughs> yeah get a book of your choosing and write a one page Everyone... on it <laughs> okay yeah well they always have in magical school books just like the it's... forbidden tome like the kids like getting the book that's more right. advanced and they can't handle so that actually is really interesting Britt, that she chose to do the opposite here like there is nothing forbidden from you but you should be careful yeah. <laughs> it's great it goes back to like learning from experience as well because they got chidim chidim after that too like even though it's yeah. like you know like you learned from like a fuck up <laughs> like you still learn what a visual yeah. that is too i really want a tv show of this i want them to age Ooh. them up so they can you know be played by hot actors and have relationships <laughs> <laughs> 17 18 not 12 oh. but like there's so many cool visuals in this yeah definitely the bridge the river monster the, the town yeah and the, like the, the, yes. the masquerade like of bugs coming out like there's oh, so yeah. many good visuals i love this the funky train that was the prose yeah. was really good in this book too it was really descriptive and advanced and not dumbed down at all it was just really well written that's what i have for drinks which is our last is also summoned drinks in the night forest or watered down palm or wine fantastic. i have both I have both <laughs> or Fanta. There was a lot of Fanta. <laughs> they do exactly. <laughs> I have both the Ghost Hopper and the Art Cornet, and again, taking like a more Africanized view of it. These are animals that are like more African based, and so instead of like cats or dogs or owls or more European style animals, they're like the animals you would find in Nigeria. And so we have like the Art horn Art Wasp or Art Hornet, the Artist Wasp. And then the um, ghost hopper, the ghost mm -hmm. hopper, which I really love. 
she doesn't see them until she's been initiated into the leopard people. And so then, you know, there's all these magical animals around that she didn't see before and now gets to see them. And like, I love the image of the ghost hopper yeah. on her dad's head. <laughs> she's like, oh, you got a little something. <laughs> Did I get it? <laughs> I love weird animals. I'm like really into science Twitter and there's a whole talk about Twitter debates. There's like a debate between fish Twitter and oh bird Twitter <laughs> about like basically which animals are cooler, you know, and they'll like, someone will post a fish and it's got all these colors and then they're like, they're like bird Twitter could never. <laughs> and, I'm just like, and what do they think about the Velveeta cheese turtle? Like, you know, the really yellow turtle <laughs> somewhere in between. <sighs> I mean, I basically, like, half of the images I save off of Twitter are, like, cool <laughs> animals that people are sharing from their science uh, research. And one of the people I started following is, I can't remember her name, but her handle is Afro Herfer, and she actually got on Forbes 30 under 30 list, and she created this game called Find That Lizard. And so every week she posts a picture on Friday of, of like, there's a lizard somewhere. Can you find it? <laughs> people are really into it it's like she has like she's trying to have her own show and it's just like this is it's so cool I just love that and I think going back to just like learning from the stories like yeah we there are more we don't need to have the same animals or the same like setting every time like it's more interesting and like things are more diverse and that's kind of, that's like what the world really looks like you know you're not and, and like kind of making you know making insects like mm -hmm. friendly mm -hmm. I like that part Unless you don't praise their artwork. Yeah. <laughs> in which case, it will sting you and then die of depression. <laughs> like, which is why I am the art wasp. <laughs> I mean, I love that. That was so, it's so dramatic. It's so emo. It's so cool. Have you folks read the no, second I'm book? No. I'm excited. And I'm, I got Phil to buy this one for his audio book because I think he would really like it. I'm going to recommend it to Jamal, too. Um, there's a little preview of the second book at the end of the first one or at least like in the library kindle version that i checked out where she's like working with her mentor and the mentor is like trying to make her make the the pepper pepper soup yeah oh no uh, exploding pepper soup or whatever and she has to go collect like these peppers but then like this creature jumps out of like a lake at her and like yeah okay yeah no i want i want to keep going with this like well, i want to see where this goes it's good there, it's really good. And actually, um, she had it. There's a genie as well, but it's like a, but it's like gin. It's like the actual, like story of gin. It's not yeah, like the, all. yeah. And uh, I've been listening to the Hidden Gin podcast, and so when that came up, I was like, what? Whoa! And this is like more to like the real, the real stories. So it, it's cool. And there's another cool animal as well. So, it's um Akata Warrior, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it yes. just those two? Yeah, there's no. not a third one yet, which sucks. Yet. It's supposed to be a trilogy or a series? Well, it looks like it's supposed okay. to be. It was written me. a long time ago, though, wasn't it? Uh, 17 and 19, oh, I think. Okay. Why did I think this was written like back in the aughts? Oh. I must have been thinking she tweeted, of something else. In 2017, she tweeted that there will be a third book. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> she was. Uh, writing notes for it as she was writing Akata Warrior. So hmm. it was a faster read than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I think I read it in like a day or two. It just is one of yeah. those ones that easily flows. Yeah. The second one took me longer, mm -hmm. but it's cool. 
they go to this they go to like a full place which is where you have both the real world and the spirit world (laughs) (laughs) well that's all i have to talk about do you folks have anything else Mm -hmm. all right well with that next time book appetite